Welcome to this week's episode of EJ Sports Debate. I'm Eric Weirdo with Jordan Angie, and we have a special guest, my cousin David Kramer, who had a thing that issue come up, uh, not an issue, but family thing come up yes, last week. And uh, he's more than happy to join us this week to go over our top five all-time busts across the big four. So I'm going to kick it over to Jordan, who I think has a rant. Yep. Hey, guys. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the podcast, buddy. It's great having you and talking to you again. Um, you know, I don't have a rant this week, guys. Uh, I know normally I do a lot of complaining and going on and on, spitting the drill. But this week, I just kind of wanted to find what a draft bus was. If You know, we didn't already kind of set the parameters. But basically, this is going to be a player that was drafted um, that had high expectations for a poor franchise, most likely. And the whole point behind this player getting taken was for them to hopefully turn around or at least be a pivotal piece in that franchise's success. And whether it was injuries, arrest, egos, uh, mental awareness, toughness, lack of IQ, whatever the reason, you know, these players didn't pan out based on the position they were drafted in in their perspective sport. And I just kind of wanted to have a couple quotes. There was the 30 for 30, which me and Eric reference all the time from Tom Marinovich. And uh, he's got two really good quotes out of that, which Tom Marinovich, not on my list, but, you know, one of the poster children for bust. Um, and he said, just because you're good at something, does that mean you were born to do it? And I think that's a beautiful quote for what a draft bust is, because just because these guys were highly talented and, you know, touted at a college, that doesn't necessarily mean they were going to be great pros. And the other thing he mentioned too, was that, you know, here's all the time, if I had your talent, but what people don't understand is that they don't have that talent. So they don't understand what it feels like to have that talent. And it's not their decision on what to do with it. So that was my little rant this week is that kind of, I think sets up for my players that I do. Cause I think I touch all the spectrums this week on that. So uh, E uh, or, or Dave, whoever I'll kick it over to you guys. Yeah, no, that was good. Um, especially the two on this podcast, but a lot of people that know me too is, I live for a lot of the drafts. Um, even though I'm not a big NBA guy, I still watch it. NFL draft, my favorite, MLB, NHL, I'll watch them all. But I love the player analysis. I love their predictions. But that's the thing. They're unpredictable. As Jordan, you touched on it, it's injuries. It's issues, mental. It's player stupidity, overall performance that just isn't there. And you know what? That's what I love about it. It's so unpredictable that it's the only thing you can predict. So with that, we're going to kick off our uh, top five busts in the big four sports. And we'll kick it over to Dave. Lead us off. Well, first of all, guys, thanks for having me on. Um, listen, every single one of these things, and they're fantastic. I hope to be Hopefully this is not my only one and only appearance. That could be more of a mainstay down the road here. But uh, we'll see how this goes. Top five overall draft. <laughs> yeah. Top five overall draft. Um, number five bust for me. I went through a lot of a lot of stuff here. And I had a lot of different factors that I had to cancel and cancel out before I actually went down to five. Probably had to go 15, 16 people. And there was a common theme. I'm sure you guys saw it as well. Is a lot of NFL busts and a lot of NBA busts and a lot of oh, yeah. NFL busts for quarterbacks. Yes. Tons of them. Um, and rightfully so. We can talk about that. There's a million reasons for that. But uh, I, the one baseball one I did find 
that I, I I had eliminate. I had about 15 baseball ones, but I had to eliminate them all. But one because I don't think a bust is someone who gets hurt. That's kind of out of their undoing. And uh, they throw a shoulder. They Tommy John. I mean, 10 years ago, Tommy John surgery was was a death penalty in baseball. Nowadays, it's it's 15 months off, and you could be better than ever. It seems like. But one guy I did find that was not was not Tommy John silver surgery. He just didn't pan out, and he was drafted uh, twice actually. Was uh was Mark Appel. He was actually drafted in 09, first of all, by the by our Detroit Tigers. Yes. And he said, screw that. Went back, went back to school. <laughs> he was fantastic at Stanford. He was fantastic. I mean, all American. I mean, he, he, ERA was low twos. I mean, turned down a bunch of money to, to come back. Then he was sucked by the Astros, and I, I believe it was 13. Um he just never panned to be anything. I mean. I don't think he got out of double A ball. Excuse me, he got he won a triple A ball um, one year, but he never, he never did anything. Um, never, never made the major leagues. Never pitched a major league game. That's insane for someone who's drafted first twice. I mean, that's that's mind boggling to me. So he he was our number five guy. I mean, it, it wasn't injury. It wasn't uh, it wasn't anything that uh, the team didn't want him to play. It was just what you guys talked about earlier. Just his undoing. His that mental capacity is taking the money and run basically just him just being a moron. And that, that was my number five guy, Mark Appel. I thought about that. Um, I thought about adding him on there. baseball. I mean, you see a couple of those that very, it's so rare for a number one pick to not make it. I think, I don't know. There's maybe two or three guys. The other is Brian Taylor. Um, who was drafted by the Yankees? Hopefully, no one had that. Thanks, on Eric. I was hoping you mentioned him. Um, but uh, <laughs> he, he was it. Yeah, but I was thinking about either Brian Taylor or Mark Appel. But Mark Appel recently, I mean, could you guys imagine though, if the if they had Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Mark Appel, if he panned out? As a Yankee fan, I'll abstain from this discussion. <laughs> yeah, no, that would have been fantastic. And also, if you think about it too, I mean, I think that around that same time, I don't know the exact year, Eric probably would know since he knows all this stuff. Um, Jacob Turner, he was supposed to be the next next big Tiger uh, Tiger great too. I think they drafted him a year after Verlander. Was that was that the case, or two years after Verlander? We drafted. I know he was top ten pitcher. We drafted him, I believe, in. Ooh. Oh six. Yeah, it was. Not, it was. I mean, but he was supposed to be the next, the next big guy. I mean, he got hurt. I think he hurt his shoulder, and, uh, and then just back then, just never the like never the same. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good one. Um, good top. That's good good one, number sure. five. Uh, I went a different route. I mean, like you said, fifteen, sixteen. I probably had twenty guys. I was looking at and getting it down to five was very hard to do. But the sports that, like you said, the sports that you hear about, NFL, NBA, those are your big bus sports. I went a different route with a goalie drafted number one in 2000 by the New York Islanders, Rick DiPietro. Ooh, that's a good one. And I put Rick DiPietro on there. I mean, this is, yes, because of a lot of injuries, concussions. His contract. His contract, because he signed a 15-year deal. I can't remember what year. I think it was like 2004 or five, but he never lived up to that. Um, So as far as the draft bust, he was there, but in my research, 
the Islanders traded away Roberto Luongo to the Panthers to make room for Rick DiPietro. Well, Roberto Luongo is likely a Hall of Famer. And the fact that you forced a franchise to trade a future Hall of Famer for a bust, that's the reason I put him on that list. That's a good pickup, Eric. I like that. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge, huge hockey guy. The Rangers haven't been good in 25 years, so I don't follow it as much as I do the other ones. But uh, anyway, so I'll go. So my number five, I went non conventional in the sense of NFL, but not quarterback. Um, I went with a guy who actually played right down the road from where I live in Winston Salem, Aaron Curry. Um, drafted in 09 out of Wake Forest. Uh, in that draft, he was considered the safest pick by pretty much everyone. Uh, his player comp was Keith Bullock. So, um, and he was the highest drafted linebacker since LeVar Arrington at the time. So that should tell you how highly this guy was thought of. And you just generally, I don't think, see linebackers go in the top five. I don't really think that's a good spot for them necessarily, unless you're occasional Luke Keekley or LTs. Uh, he was given the most guaranteed money by a drafted non-quarterback. He was given $34 million guaranteed. And that $34 million bought Oakland uh, – sorry, not Oakland, Seattle – two seasons. <laughs> Two seasons, $34 million guaranteed, where he was then traded to Oakland for a seventh-round draft pick. And then played a total of four postseasons, one of which was on the Giants practice squad. And he uh, he finished with five-and-a-half sacks in his career and four forced fumbles. And, um, yeah, man, what a disappointment. I remember that draft thinking that guy was going to be the next great linebacker. And I've never seen a player go from that highly regarded to that sunk in two seasons. And for not injuries – not for a rest or anything like that. He just literally couldn't grasp the playbook and could not execute on the field. And uh, so that, that that's my number five, guys. Yeah, that, that's uh, a good one. Actually, I actually was he, he was on my list. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, no, I actually completely forgot about Aaron Curry uh, that '09 draft. Yeah, no, there's a. Uh, that was a good one. I mean, I do remember thinking very highly of Aaron Curry, like everyone else did. Wake Forest, not a big football power, so shockingly, he just comes in and come kind of flies under the radar in college a little bit, and then gets all these great draft analysis and player comps. I think and he fell into the, I think he fell into the combine warrior, which I think is probably a trend with a lot of the guys either on our list or just in general is. People saw what he was as an athlete, not necessarily what he could do on the field. It just didn't translate. So Yes. Uh, Dave, you want to go ahead and hit us for number four? Yeah, my number four was uh, was actually uh, – he probably could be higher. He might even be higher in some of your guys' um, top five lists. But my number four is Ryan Leaf. Uh, variety of reasons. Um, non-drug related, really, why I didn't think he was that great. Um, he's and in all in all seriousness, he's doing fantastic now. I don't know if you ever see his updates on Twitter or any social media. He's been sober at least six, seven years. He got a family, a couple kids. He's doing really well. But I remember going back to this to this draft because this was the draft with Peyton Manning. This was the draft with Charles Woodson, and somehow this guy was taken second. And there was a lot of talk that this guy should have been 
been number one. Um, I don't know if you uh, remember him playing. Eric probably does. Remember him playing uh, the Rose Bowl against Charles Woodson in his last game, right? Yeah, Michigan. He had that crazy uh, meltdown at the end. Yeah, he had that crazy clock down at the end. He thought the the clock. He thought the clock was at stop. I guess guess that would have should have been foreshadowing. But just a couple of stats in this guy. Taking number two, there was, like I said, a lot of talk he should be number one. And it was a lot closer than people think if you read some of the the current stuff about this. The man only played three seasons in the NFL. He only started started 21 games. I mean, I guess he started 21, 25 games. Only only played two seasons with the team that drafted him, the San Diego Chargers. Then one season he – he played with uh, the Cowboys. Um, didn't play very much with the Cowboys down the road, but only had 14 touchdowns in three seasons, 36 interceptions in three seasons. Um, you could you knew right away that this guy wasn't going to be good in the NFL. I mean, little did we know it was substance abuse and different things down the road that probably played a portrayed a part in it, but just wasn't good. And to take a number two quarterback, you hope he should be there for the next 25, not 25, 15 to 20 years. And just mind-boggling that front offices can miss so often, so often. There's some stat I read looking doing this research that you're only right 50% of the time. I mean, it's a coin flip, and you don't you don't get it right. Your franchise is terrible. I mean, look at look at the Lions. I keep going back to the Lions, but uh, look at the Lions. They uh, were the poster child for this. They've missed the hits with Stafford, but they missed everything else. You could go uh, last 15 years on their picks, and you could find 11 of them probably. That's 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 too many to name today. Yeah, I thought. But yeah, about, Ryan Leafs went number four. I thought about putting every Matt Millen pick except for Roy Williams and Calvin Johnson on that list. I actually have a great quote from Matt Millen later in this for you, just for you too. Nice. Yeah. For no. By the way, Ryan Leafs was my number three guy. Same. Same here. Same here. That was my three. <laughs> that was my three as well. No. Um, and because of that, I'll sort of jump back to our number four, but continue my number three with Ryan Leaf. Yeah, I mean, second, second overall 98 behind Peyton Manning. He's part of, I'm going to say arguably, actually not arguably, the best Heisman class with Peyton Manning, with Charles Woodson, and with Randy Moss. Randy Moss. So you had, it's three Hall of Famers and Ryan Leaf. And it was, as you said, we found out the addiction but it was also that ego. I mean, you remember, remember his freak out in the locker room on the reporter. It was probably the most yes, infamous clip yeah. of Ryan Leaf. I mean, he just went off. Uh, he didn't have, and that's the t- tough thing. I mean, the the draft, like I said, it's so unpredictable. That's why. And the one thing, I mean, I've talked about it with Dave on about some players. It's it's in between the. It's what's in between the ears. That's the one thing you don't know. And well, that's what the point of the Wonderlick test and all these ridiculous tests they do at the combines are supposed to test. And um, I, I don't know how they missed the boat on him. You guys drafted Morris Claiborne, and he got like a four. Hey, now, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> he hung around the NFL a lot longer. Yeah, if you want to go, you guys, you know, in all yeah. fairness, that's the you guys drafted Charlie Batch, so. You guys did better on that than you did on Ryan Lee. So good pick on there. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that was our number three. Um, 
and Dave's number four was Ryan Leaf. So we did kind of overlap. I figured there would be some on that. Um, but my number four was also kind of going along the Ryan Leaf route and a sense of who was drafted around. That's the other thing too, when you look at a bust is who are the picks after him? Well, well, way back in the NHL in 1983, Brian Lawton was drafted number one by the Minnesota North Stars. He played 483 games in 10 seasons, amassed 266 points. Well, after after he was drafted was Pat LaFontaine, Steve Eiserman, and Cam Neely. Oops. Marginally good player there. Marginally good player. <laughs> Three Hall of Famers drafted and Brian Lawton was the first US born player to be going to be taken number one. And yeah, I mean the draft is it's great um, for that reason. It's just you never know how a player is going to pan out, how they adjust to a pro game. And for Brian Lawton, it did not. But for the guys taken after, it worked out pretty well. I got, I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. You, you got some deep cuts on me on this one with the old school NHL. So yeah, that, was, that was a good one. I, I didn't have very much NHL at all. That was I knew, I figured Eric would. And that was that was pretty good. Leave it to the sports nerd, everyone. Leave <laughs> it to the sports nerd. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so, right. Dave, you know our number. Or sorry, yeah, you got your number four. Sorry, jumped it. Well, I was going to say, being a Charlottean, Eric and Dave, you guys would want to know about my number four. Because my number four is a guy named Adam Morrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Drafted, yep. drafted number three by the Bobcats. You know, he was the co-player of the year with my most hated player in college. That's right. Not, not, uh, oh, my God, the dude from Duke, but J.J. Redick. And, uh, yeah, man, Adam Morrison was a total bust. And here's really something indicative, guys. He was the first player drafted Michael Jordan. <laughs> So great player on the court, not such a good talent evaluator. Um, the, the thing with Adam Morrison is he had a combination of injuries and bad play. Um, considering his first year, he was benched halfway through and only had a 37% shooting percentage on top of not understanding what defense in the NBA is. Um, and then he tore his ACL in 07. And then he was traded to the Lakers with Shannon Brown for Mr. Vladimir Ronvanovich. But the bright side of this guy, and I think he'll probably match somebody that you guys have on your list. At least I would hope so. He won titles in 08 and 09 and in 2010 with the Lakers. So Adam Morrison has a ring. Charlotte team, whatever they are, Bobcats Hornets will probably never see one. But that that's my number four is Adam Morrison. What a bust, man. He was so bad. Uh, couldn't shoot, couldn't score, couldn't play defense. Just minor things you need in the NBA. So. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Adam Morrison. He was he was something. He was something different, and that he was so good on Gonzaga. It was just a product of just I guess it just didn't translate in the NBA. You want you would think it should, but this but it wouldn't. His skill didn't translate. Well, you know, you could be a scorer, but you have to have a way to score. You know, and mm-hmm. he just was – he did not have, I think, the athletic ability to score in the NBA like he could in college. No. Yeah. Uh, and that's what – I mean, that's the NBA. I mean, you only have 10, 12 guys on your, 
on your team essentially and the draft's two rounds i mean it's not much doesn't leave much room for error i mean you make a you make a horrible pick in the in the nba it'll set you it'll set set you back back. (laughs) it sets you back longer than if you miss in the nfl i feel oh yeah totally dude i agree all right dave give us your number three man uh, my number three is actually uh, Andre Ware, uh, Heisman Trophy quarterback out of Houston. Um, Lions got him. One of my Lions, one of my Lions picks here. Nice. Uh, this this blew my mind. I knew he wasn't good in the NFL, but you know he only uh, he only had five career touchdown passes. That's insane. That that I did not. I, I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't know it was that bad. Passes. Yeah, and he only had six career starts. So how bad do you got to be for a team that's not that great anyways? Uh, but I mean, 1991, they were, they were okay. I mean, they were, they were not terrible, terrible, but uh, yeah, he only played five years. After that, he was, he was, he was done. Didn't try to play really any Canadian football. Didn't try to do anything else. He was just, uh, just done playing. And for being a Heisman trophy, I mean, he's this, I want to ask you guys this question. Tebow, I mean, Tebow's better than Andre Ware. You wouldn't think so, going back to the history, but yeah, Tebow's a better quarterback than the NFL and Andre Ware was. Just his, his numbers were mind-boggling. 51% completion percentage. Um, like I said, five touchdowns, eight interceptions in his career. He just wasn't good. And it's, you would, you don't, the college football back then just didn't translate to the NFL unlike it like it does today with with how up and running gun the offenses are in both leagues how they share coordinators essentially share consultants personnel back and forth so like a revolving door different animal back then and uh he just didn't translate at all and when you're the quarterback with a franchise like like just like with uh ryan leaf joey harrington matt leinert vince young tim couch Kelly smith i mean you can go on and on and on johnny manzel you expect a little more than, than five seasons and and five five total starts in your in your career. So he's my number three. Hey, I got a question to ask on him. Do you guys think he would have been a different player if he had played a different position? Bringing up the Tebow discussion, they talked about him being an H-back or tight end and he never made the switch. Do you think he would have been a different player or a more successful player had he made the switch? T- Tim Tebow, that is? No, Andre Ware. Because, I mean, he had the athleticism, I think, to probably play, play another position. He, he did. He definitely did. He did. But... I mean, I looked, I looked long and hard at that uh, Johnny Menzel draft, and I know he was drafted what twenty second. Blake Bortles was was drafted third, so they were both bad quarterbacks. With Bridgewater thirty second, Carr thirty six, Jimmy G sixty second, and uh, Logan Thomas was one hundred twentieth pick. Now, now look at him. I mean, he's pretty darn good tight end for Washington. That's what I'm saying. You got these... into a uh, yeah. You got these Calvin Pryor guys that make the transition, mm-hmm. you know, for the, being a quarterback. I don't know. I just always wonder about Andre Ware, what he could have been if he was. They used him as like a slash player, or like a gadget guy on offense, where you just kind of throw screen passes at him and uses athleticism. Yeah, he, yeah, he very well could have been a Percy Harvin before Percy Harvin or something like that. Absolutely, I, I agree. Um, think you're looking. You're seeing in New Orleans right now, Taysom Hill. I mean, Dave, you mentioned that you said mm-hmm. the term gadget. I mean, that's what he, Taysom Hill is. And I know I texted you and I talked to Jordan about this too. That's what Tim Tebow should have done. Yeah, I mean, take the Lamar Jackson approach, you know, run the ball, 
20 times a game, pass at eight, and call it a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tim Tebow, he, he still would have been if he could, he could have been a decent tight end, decent uh, H-back kind of player, so to speak. But it sounded like his ego had gotten in the way, though. He didn't want to do it. Now look yep. at him. He's, I mean, he's doing pretty well. Good, good analyst. Baseball. Good analyst. Yeah. And playing some AAA baseball. <laughs> he's yeah. a very handsome man. Mm-hmm. That doesn't that doesn't hurt either. Yeah, not at all. Alrighty, so what are we gonna do? You and I both had Ryan Leaf at three. Um, do we just want to punt it? What do we want to do for Ryan Leaf? I mean, I think we've all touched on Ryan Leaf. Um, I think so. With that, um, so I don't know, Dave. You said, did you give your number two yet, or do you want, or we'll swing it back? Um, I'll go off number two. Kind of, these are. It's arguably the biggest NBA bust because of who was drafted before and after. Injuries did plague him a little bit. And I, they, this franchise, I think, has the worst luck drafting high players with injuries. It's Portland Trailblazers in taking Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. Everyone talks about that. He was right there. But what people don't know is Portland the year before drafted Clyde Drexler. So they had their guard. They needed that big man to, to compliment him. And they lost a coin flip. There was no lottery. It was a coin flip between Houston and Portland. And they had, and going number one, Hakeem Halajuan to the Houston Rockets, staying in Houston. And then, as we all know, Portland drafts Sam Bowie needed a big guy out of Kentucky. Well, and then at three, the Bulls jump in and pick Michael Jordan. And never heard of him. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, and that's more, that's more the one where the injuries plagued him. Uh, and you see it again with that team a lot. Um, not going to mention any names because I think that might become we might see one coming up, might not. But oh, you are. It just happens, and uh, not only was not only was Michael Jordan drafted after Sam Bowie, so was Charles Barkley and John Stockton, another Gonzaga product that wasn't a bust. That's like the All NBA dude from like the nineties. Yeah, that draft was loaded, <laughs> and it's. The injury, this one was the injury bust. I know, Dave, you mentioned you don't like using that term, and I typically don't either, but yeah. I mean, you just, it's that bust because of who was drafted after him, I think. And that's why he was number two. Yeah, Eric, I totally agree. And I'm going to further represent everybody with my next pick. So, should I go ahead and get it out of the way now? I don't know. Seeing if Dave has a comment there. Yeah, Dave, Sam Bowie. No, no, I agree, I agree with you on that Sam Bowie one. That's that's everything you said is. That's like taking the, uh, put your hand in the basket of candy and you pull out the the, the butterscotch and everything else. It's chocolate or uh, or something nice. That's what Sam Bowie was. There's so many other options, and uh, that's such a good analogy. And you got, you got, that was. You got, you got the one bad one. All right. All right. So I know we've established that, you know, Dave doesn't believe injuries, but I have to mention this guy and Eric touched on it, man. I'm sorry. 
Greg Oden, you're number two on my list. And the thing with Greg Oden that I admire is his tenacity to try and come back. Um, you know, he had wrist injuries and had already had knee problems at Ohio State. At least it was rumored. You know, I just don't think you can be that giant at that young of an age. But, yeah, man, poor poor Portland. <laughs> they, they cannot catch a break with their top draft picks. Uh, even Brandon Roy. I loved, Bra- I, loved, I loved Brandon Roy, though. So did I. I loved Brandon so did Roy. I. But I, I feel like I had to mention him, too, just because, I mean, that was going to be the core team there was, you know, Brandon Roy and Greg Oden. I mean, if those guys had been healthy and had long careers, Portland could have been a power. I still think they would have been stomped by LeBron James. Um, but needless to say, yeah, man. I mean, he <laughs> he had microfracture surgery and actually missed his rookie season. Greg Oden did. And so 08 actually considered his rookie year. <laughs> Came back uh, at a rumored 290 pounds, which, if I'm not correct, isn't 300 the max weight limit for the NBA? Anybody? I don't, I don't know what. I'm not, I don't know when they. I'm not added, sure about that. I don't know when they added up. I know tractor, art. tractor trailer. God rest his soul used to push it. Um, Robert tractor trailer. Yeah. Big, big, yeah. The big, big man. country race. He was on my. Yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, Odin, rebound Charles Barkley. He was so pushing it. Here, here's the thing with Odin. I don't think he's he, he's a buzz in the sense of he was picked really high and didn't pan out. But man, I'm just so disappointed with what he could have been. Because man, when he was healthy, the few times he was. Um, he was so good. I mean, athletic, can move like a gazelle. You know, he, he could have really been, I think, the next Tim Duncan if he had stayed healthy. And he just couldn't. But, you know, I mean, he was a role player on the 2014 Heat. So, yet again, with my another player that I had that was drafted high was a bust. But he won a ring. So, good for Greg Oden, even though he never played. Um, but, yeah, man, guys, that's my number two. I'm sorry. I know we don't – I know you guys don't believe in injuries, but – I think Greg Oden isn't as much of a bust as much as I think he is just one of the biggest disappointments for a draft pick, you know, completely out of his control. Cause man, he, he really could have been, I think one of the greatest big men of all time, if he had just kept his knees healthy. And I just don't think he was ever going to be in the car for that poor guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that I agree with that. Um, Greg Oden, I mean, pick the next pick in that draft though, was the Durantula. Kevin Durant and I mean it's one of those things too where Dave knows my philosophy in a lot of drafts especially the NFL is everyone like oh best available I try to because I think it's more system especially now I look at the needs of and fit of your system I think it differs in the NBA especially now I'm just picturing Damian Lillard with Kevin Durant, if that ever overlapped. That would have been ridiculous. Like, if you just think about how the course of history would have changed just by that one pick, because then you would never have the big three in Oklahoma City, you know. Wow. But anyway, that's my number two. Dave, I'll uh, let you have some comments. Then I I feel like we're all going to probably have the same number one. I don't see any way he's not number one, but Dave, go ahead, man. Uh, well, just real quick back on the Greg Oden thing. Um, yeah, he's one of the very few that I guess I, 
I, I just have a hard time. Like when I was looking at the all the MLB stuff, all those bust. Like even your your boy uh, Brian Taylor from uh, the directed by the Yankees. Oh. I mean, he, he blew out his shoulder. I mean, granted, he was an idiot and got in a bar fight and hurt his shoulder that way. Yes. But uh, it's still, it's still you hurt, you hurt your part. shoulder. I mean, I mean, Matt Bush, uh, Danny Holtson, Brady Aiken, Tommy John, Tommy John, some something. Terry Wood, Greg Oden's, Greg Oden's the same. I mean, same way. It's so unfortunate. And there were rumors, and I didn't know that until probably three months ago. I did some back stuff on Greg Oden just on a youtube rabbit hole you know how that goes sometimes at night and uh he uh he was i just i don't know i, I rewatched the uh during the quarantine i ended up catching the uh rewatching the florida Ohio state championship game in 2000 was it six right six or seven six i think it was six. 2007 and seven six was the ucla and of all those guys on the court he was the best the best player in translating to an NBA where at that time it was still a position position league, unlike it is today. And so you need that center. It's kind of like the same thing with Sam Bowie back in the day. Um, you, you always went for that big man because the big man you could have for seven to 10 years before they break down. It was, it was invaluable. It seemed like, and uh, the man, yeah, the rumors with his foot in college, I didn't, really, I didn't really know that. And that's a very valid point you put down there, Jordan. That right there should have probably scared you off a little bit. Seven foot hole. Yeah. Yeah. Like Rick Smith's guy couldn't walk between games. He'd wheelchair him around. He'd, yeah. just, he'd just play on games best he could. And uh, it's crazy um, how, how they do some of these guys just to get money for a game. But, uh, yeah, with Greg Oden, he just was – he could have got two, three, four seasons in a row. I think he could have been pretty special. But I guess it's just why we're doing this podcast now. But I, I agree with you on sure. that one. I've, I've come around and Greg Oden a little bit as a bust. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, is and Rick Smith, I mean, most athletes will, I mean, we say it's a, a lot of people say it's about money and stuff. I'll never fault a player for taking money because of injuries that can happen. But most athletes will do what it takes to play, no matter what sport it is. I mean, they they want to play. It's what they do. I mean, as we all saw the news yesterday, Frank Reg now played with a fractured throat most of the Green Bay game. I've never heard of that injury. But yeah, that was a new one for me. No, <laughs> but I mean that's yeah, that was I mean, insane. That's 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 hockey level right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's what it is. I mean, a lot of these players will do what it takes to play. I know I rip NBA players with load management and stuff, but I get it. Um, I just like to do it. Cause I know Dave's a big NBA guy. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't like, I'm, I'm NBA is my favorite sport, but I, I agree with load management. I, I don't like that. They do it as much as they do it. Um, I don't like, that they do it on the national, the national TV games. I'm glad the NBA has, has came in with that and we'll stop that because these guys want to watch and play in ABC and ESPN, which they should. I mean, these guys pay billions of dollars for the rights. They, they should be able to have the best product available. Now, some guys have to do it. Like Kawhi, he can't play 80 games. He just can't. His body is just not that capable, I guess. I don't know. So why would you pay, play more than 60 if you don't have to? But it's a different NBA now than that was in – 
the 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's a whole different podcast, a whole different argument. I can get in with Eric about that for three yeah. hours. Yes, we've had many of these, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> many of those um, debates ourselves with that. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a good, yeah, I know you, I know before when I, I was inviting you on and we were discussing it, you, I mentioned Greg Odin and you started. So it's good to hear you coming around on that. Um, especially because of Jordan dropping the, yeah, he was hurt at Ohio state. It just got missed or Portland chose to ignore well, yeah, it. They, it wasn't that bad. Of course. Thad Mata wanted to win a championship, you know, which again, I don't blame them for. And I don't, I, I just, I like Greg Oden. I think that's my problem. I hate saying he's, yeah, a I've been a- he's such a luckable guy. You know, and you he, guys ever want to listen to a podcast? Um, that that Titus and Tate, um, Titus and uh, Titus played with Greg Oden at Ohio State, and uh, they're they're pretty close still. And he's on there occasionally, and he tells some stories about Greg Oden. He's he's generally a good guy, just like what Jordan was saying. He's a good dude, and you would you wish it was better for him. But like I said, watching that that championship game, he was the best player on the on the court. They lost the game, but he was the best player on that court. And it's hard. It was hard, probably for probably pretty easy for a GM to, to talk himself in the number one. Well, well I don't blame them for taking him. No, I don't tall, ta- tall yeah. lanky guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get there's that. still a debate on, on them taking him. I mean, he was. I think he was just can't miss if you can get. It's just it's one. Of, I think that's one of those picks where you have to take it. But I just I don't know if Portland hadn't had Sam Bowie and the bad luck they've had in the draft. I think it wouldn't have hurt so bad, but. Yeah, I think that's why he's a little higher on that list too, um, because of that history with Portland. And also, yeah, you're right. I mean, I did watch a little bit of that replay of that game, and he was the best overall player on the court on a going against a team with, I think, four of them were drafted in the first round Florida, Corey Brewer, Joakim Noah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> And all those guys. A lot of them. Can... And also uh, yeah. Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan, the coach. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, when you say, when you look at the talent Florida had, I was, I mean, the, on paper, deserved to win that game and blew them out from what I remember. But seeing Odin's tenacity in that game, I could see why Portland took it. But it to me, it's just hard to pass up watching that Rick Barnes backcourt of, DJ Augustine and Kevin Durant at Texas. God, DJ Augustine, that's a player. Yeah, so, Bobcat, Hornet, whatever yep, you want to call it. He did. He was drafted. Was he drafted by the? He was drafted by the Bobcats. Yeah, he was drafted by the Hornets or the Bobcats. Mm-hmm. Bobcats. Bobcats at the mm-hmm. time, Hornets now. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Yep. Good number. Number good one or two there. Um, based off. <laughs> I'm going to say my number one for last. Um, so, Jordan, what's your number one? I mean, I feel like I'm going to take your guys's, but I got to say it's it's got to be Demarcus Russell. It, am I crazy? It's not my number one. Wow, you didn't have him on your list, Eric. Dave, nope. did I take your number one? He was, he was number one. Actually, I didn't get a number two yet, but he was but he was my number one for sure. Wait, you didn't do number two? Uh, no, not yet. No. Oh, sorry. Go. Yeah, did do three. Number two. But I only, I only, we all did twos, did we? But uh, my number two is Anthony Bennett, uh, drafted in, in thirteen by the uh, Cavaliers. 
Um, he was it was either him or Darko. I was going to put one or two. And I left Darko off because I figured someone's going to put Darko in there and we could talk about him more in depth. But Anthony Bennett and his career, what separated him from Darko to me was the man, number one pick, started, he started four games in his whole career. He played five seasons, started four games. The number one pick in the NBA. It's not like you're uh, getting drafted in the Major League Baseball and you have to work your way up for two years. Or you get drafted in the NFL and you got to sit behind a Troy Palomao or someone like that. Or you get drafted in the NHL and you got you got to be in the third line. Um, this guy on a terrible team. I think this was their second year in a row number one pick, if I'm correct. I don't know. If, don't quote me on – hold me accountable on that one. But, yeah, five seasons. He was in that trade to get Kevin Love when, uh, when LeBron came back. It was overall, it was a pretty poor draft anyways. I mean, he went number one. Victor, Victor went number two, Owen Depot. I mean, he's still in the NBA. Otto Porter. Bobcats took Cody Zeller, just for a, if you want to win a bar. bar argument. Still I mean, it was a bad. That was yeah, a bad Alex Lane, Nerlens Noel, Ben McLemore. This mm. took uh, Caldwell Pope, who, who just won the uh, yeah. who just won the championship. That's a terrible uh, but, I mean, Trey Burke was in that. I mean, the best – Yes, he was. Um, I mean, the best player in the draft, hands down, he was taking 15th, was Giannis. And it's not even close. I mean, yeah. I got this pulled up right now, guys. And the there's Greek Mason freak. Pumley, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock. I mean, there's nobody. There's nobody in this in this draft. And uh, it was a poor draft. Uh, granted, you can't fault him for not taking Giannis because Giannis, he was a foreign guy. He, No one thought he was going to be what he was going to be, kind of like the uh, Kawhi thing when he was drafted but this man was terrible he only played 12 12 minutes a game that's including on his starts and so he never played i mean your number one draft pick you would think you want to get out there and you'd have someone uh you have someone out there just to get to get some minutes junk minutes or something the guy was that bad they, they didn't want to play him in a blowout right that's pretty bad four, yeah, four, and that... four points a game five seasons it's, it's insane he was a, like i said he's a throw in with the with the uh with the Andrew Wiggins trade with uh, for Kevin Love, just to kind of get him out of there, he played there for a couple of years, then kind of went back to back to Canada where he was from. Um, terrible, terrible, terrible player, and I don't know if he was he was just as bad, or this is one of those things too where you can kind of toss it up. Maybe was the organization just just that bad in the NBA? I don't really think so because there's so few players. So if you get on the court. Sometime you're getting on the court, I feel, and you're gonna if you're good if you're good, you'll you'll show it on the court. He just wasn't good. For number one draft pick, that's terrible. Yeah. No, that's uh that's a valid one. And sorry, Mr. Number two, I know the, the Ryan Leaf thing I think threw me off, so I do apologize for that's that. Fine. But uh yeah, no, thirteen NBA thirteen draft. It was it was bad. I mean, there's I mean, I know every year you're thinking like last year pretty deep draft this year and eh, not so much of a deep draft. And then, but 2013, it was sort of the reaction when Anthony Bennett went number one, I haven't seen that mm -hmm. until uh, the only time I think I've seen a very questionable reaction by draft analysts was 2011 when the Vikings drafted Christian Ponder in the first round. And it, to the point where Goodell, yeah. even Goodell was like Minnesota selects, Christian Ponder, and it sort of was like, okay. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, that, Eric, I think, yeah, that's true. That's how Eric, I, I think back to the. Uh, I don't remember what draft was when Tyson Alawali was drafted by the Jags. Um, we were sitting in Buffalo Wild Wings, and I remember yes. all of us going, "Who?" Yes. <laughs> I don't know why he sticks out so much. Yeah. No, that's the thing. I mean, with the NBA, like I, t- I touched on, I mean, you have two rounds, and if you miss, it sets your franchise back, or you have to mortgage your future to draft the player or to get the players you need. And You do, and being a big NBA guy as I am, and you can kind of go back, you can you can look at tons of picks. I don't know if someone's going to put Dark, say Dark or not. We can talk about him as just a – a 1A or a, or he's so good, he's just he's on his own list. But you just you draft potential so much in the NBA, and it hardly ever works out sometimes. Very, very rarely you can do that if you just draft potential. And that exactly. you, you, you see some highlight tapes. This guy can this guy can jump 60 inches on box jump. He's got nine inch hands. I don't know how they, they do all that stuff, but it's crazy. And then and you, you flame out like this. I think Darko got kind of typecast. I think that's what happens with a lot of the NBA, the European players is six foot 10 plus white guy that can shoot and play the perimeter from Europe. And, you know, you see that almost like the Dirk Nowitzki effect where they all expect him to be Dirk Nowitzki and Darko just wasn't that. Yeah. I mean, those, those big guys, I mean, going before that, Ardina Sabanis, Detlef Shrimp. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the mm-hmm. two. I those two, I think, are the ones that really got the NBA into Europe, and then came Dirk Nowitzki, and then he yeah, hit, and, and then everybody expected them uh, to all be Dirk. Exactly. Yeah, and then you got guys like Andre Kirilenko who were good. You know, I think that's what's kind of happening with Porzingis right now. Where I think he's very good, he's just not Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> you know, all-time great, you know, one of the all-time greatest players, automatic Hall of Famer. And then there's Luca. Yeah. Yeah. Who, ironically, in the same team together. Yes. <laughs> Both on the Mavs. All right. Okay. Yeah, good number two. Now we're all caught up on the same page. Yeah. Uh, no, I know you were touching on it. You said Jamarcus Russell was your number one. Yeah. So here's the thing that about, okay, so I mentioned Matt Millen. I had a quote for you. And as we're doing the research for this, this is an actual thing that happened. Matt Millen warned Al Davis it prior to the draft. He had an interview with Jamarcus Russell where he was asking him questions and he seemed completely disinterested. So when he asked him what was going, you know, hey, you know, are you paying attention? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm really sorry. And Matt Millen said, okay, dismissed it. And then he did it again, not even a minute later. And Millen kicked him out of the interview. This is the worst general manager of all time who's going to continuously have a top pick. Sorry. And so then they, he kicked him to another meeting with Rod Marinelli and then he kicked him out. Well, that same day and Rod Marinelli kicked him out for the exact same thing. And that's where Matt Millen picked up the phone and called Al Davis and said, please don't take this guy. Um, and the thing that, you know, I'll let Dave touch on some of it too, the stats and everything, but man, there's nothing I hate more than somebody that just doesn't seem to care. And somebody that feels entitled. And I think with Jamarcus Russell, what makes him such a big bust is that I just feel like he thought he was great. And it kind of makes me go back to that, you know, Todd Maravich, you know, quote about, you know, it's my talent. It's, you know, for me to decide what to do with it. And Jamarcus Russell just didn't give a damn. 
He didn't pick up a playbook. He didn't put down a cheeseburger. You know, there was rumors of him being over 300 pounds throughout his career. And as a quarterback, unless you're the hefty lefty, God rest his soul, um, you can't be over 300 pounds and play quarterback, even if you do have an arm that can throw it 500 yards. So, um, but Dave, I'll kind of let you chime in too, since he was your number one as well. Yeah, yeah. He was, when I was introduced to this podcast or told about the subject, he was my instant number one. And there's a couple of reasons why. I mean, I guess you can get why you took the guy, 6'6", 250, rocket for an arm, dominate, dominate these college kids. I mean, he had all the looks, but the man played three seasons. Three seasons, just like the Ryan Leaf thing. Um, he, he played, he started the, all, all, all the seasons and uh, all the games in 2008. And he went 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions, but the man just wasn't good. And what made him number one and what will make him number one bust for me at all time for two reasons, um, I believe it was – I forget it was Eric or, or you, Jordan, who said earlier about sometimes it's who you, who was drafted before and after you. might have been Eric on the Sam Bowie. It, it was pick, Eric, but yeah. Number two and number three picks, Kelvin Johnson, Joe Thomas. Number seven, Adrian Peterson. Number 11, Patrick Willis. 12, Marshawn Lynch. I mean, Revis, 14. The Holy crap, guys. There's some good people below you. Yeah, there's a few Hall of Famers. I remember, for, I, yeah. I listened to this podcast one time with Michael Lombardi. Uh, he was uh, in, the, in the front office for the Raiders for a while. And also, I uh, started listening to him after he was with the uh, Patriots. I'm a huge, huge Bill Belichick guy and how, like, how he coaches and everything. And telling the story about Jamarcus Russell. One offseason, they gave him these uh, VCR tapes of throwing motion and uh, – those were throwing motion tapes and everything. And he obviously did, he left him at the facility. So I said, okay. And he kept saying, Oh, I forgot to take on my fault. I, I have a, my own, my own coach, my own guru I'm doing a lot of study and a lot of, a lot of mechanics this past off season. I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to start. So they gave him uh, tapes. They told him they gave him tapes of each, each uh, team in their division. So with, with the AFC West and they were blank, blank VCR tapes, guys, nothing on them. Nothing at all. Just blank VCR tapes. And he brought them back three weeks later. And he said he watched every single one three times. Loved him. He wants more. And then, then they cut him after that. I mean, I, <laughs> come on now. They, they knew. Yes. They knew he wasn't doing anything. And they had to. you have to do that to your franchise quarterback. Holy crap. Who sat out before the training camp even started his rookie year because he felt like yeah. he deserved more money. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. story right there will always make him number one, number one bust for me. Someone That's like that, the gift you have, the blessings you have, and you just, you just, you just piss it away. Yeah, no, he did. Um, as Dave, you and I, Lions fans, thank Oakland for that pick. Just like we thank the San Diego Padres for drafting Matt Bush because it gave Detroit sports, two of their best athletes of this generation in Justin Verlander and Calvin Johnson. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I vaguely remember, but thank you, Jordan, for bringing that up. The fact that Matt Mill, I mean, as we all know, as we know, Matt Millen played for the Raiders um, under He's Al the greatest Davis. GM ever. And Al Davis sort of has that, had that, rest in peace, 
had that Jerry Jones thing that Jerry Jones has now. That ego gets in the way. You want to win so bad as a storied franchise. And you're not going to listen to anyone else. I mean, that's, I know you as a Cowboy fan, you're dealing with that. Uh, not as much. I'll give Jerry, I mean, I, you, I could go on a three-hour rant alone, but my feelings about Jerry Jones. But I will give Jerry at least a little bit of credit. At least in the last five years, he's at least started to listen to his son, who if you look at a lot of the players he's drafted recently, have actually been pretty good. Like, you know, the all-pro offensive line that's now like on into reserve or retired. Um, but those were all Stephen Jones. So I, I will give Jerry credit. He's at least trying to let his son take over the talent evaluation process. It sounds like he's a little more sound than his dad. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's, there are similarities between the two owners and Al Davis made that pick. And we all know the rest, as Dave, you mentioned, who was drafted after. And I forgot just how stacked that draft was <laughs> um, with the, yeah, with the talent in there, and I mean, with Calvin and AP and Joe Thomas, I mean, two of the top three right there are going to the Hall of Fame. Joe Thomas right away. Calvin probably has to wait a couple of years because wide receivers tend to do that. But it leads me to the who was drafted it. I don't have Jamarcus Russell on my list. I know it's a shock to everyone. Darko's not on my list. I'm keeping it in football. I'm going with the 1989 draft. Tony Mandarich, offensive tackle for Michigan State. Good for you. Tony Mandarich, this was an evaluation. Best O-line prospect ever. He was 6'6", 330, agile, athletic, could do just flawless. Troy Aikman was drafted number one. Green Bay Packers had the number two pick. Drafted Tony Mandarich. Well, Tony Mandarich, this was a case of addiction to drugs and steroids. Big steroid user. I mean, do you know why he got so big? It was the steroids. And it just affected him and never panned out. And rounding out the top five was Barry Sanders, Deion Sanders, and Derek Thomas. That top five had four Hall of Famers and then Tony Mandridge. That's, and just, he never panned out. He just, he, his body quit on him because of the overuse of the steroids and addiction and didn't he also have like really bad attitude issues is that yes. something else i heard about him is that he was like a cancer in the locker room yes yeah he the attitude the drugs the steroids he could have been he could have been pre- protecting brett Favre's blind side instead he was out of the league and four of the top five and he's forever tied to that top five draft which is I think the best in NFL history with you look at the Hall of Famers arguably the best at each of their positions all time go ahead Eric touch around the subject <laughs> touch around it and uh, that's another debate and uh, 
we will be having that debate at some yes. point. And I will gladly – I will do a handicap match two-on-one, two Detroit guys versus me on that. And uh, then uh, – and that's it. I mean, you just look at how those guys – and that's why I look at it – how I look at a bus too is who who is drafted around around them. I mean, it's hard to beat that. It's hard to not put him on that list for me. You know, that's, that's a good that's... one. He was, he was, he was on my uh, cut down list. Yeah, no, I think I... with offensive linemen too. I think, I think I, I don't know if I just didn't want to put him on there, but I don't know. Offensive linemen to me are just like the amazing ones stick out, but the really bad ones don't. And maybe that's what it is. Like I don't remember like the bus necessarily, but boy, do I remember guys like Jonathan Ogden. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good, good point. point too. And then, uh, yeah, that's that's my top five. And trust me, I wanted, I thought about Jamarcus Russell. Surprised none of us put Darko on there, um, which again, you he is probably second or third biggest bust of all time behind Sam Bowie, and you could probably alternate Kwame Brown with him. But Darko forever holds the distinction of the first one to get a ring in that class. Human victory cigar, as you guys called them. Yes. Uh, so that's our that's our top five. Uh, any, if you want to come at us on uh, come at us with our top five again, these are subjective, but we put our reasons behind it. If you have something else, let us know. We thank you for listening, and this will be our last for the holiday. So everyone have a safe. And wonderful holiday. Thanks for being on, Dave. We appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, thank you for joining us. No, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. I hope to do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, guys. Awesome. And everyone All have right. a well, happy holidays, holiday. everyone.